0: Welcome to Day Zero Update for March Fourteenth, Twenty Twenty One. I'm your host Chris Logie. I'm Brandon Perkins, and I'm Dan Red Victoria. And yeah, it is daylight savings time, so we have one less uh, hour of sleep or time to do things today.
1: And it feels like I have one less brain cell too, because yeah. uh, uh, somebody failed to tell me that daylight savings happened today. Yeah. So I went through the first few hours of this day thinking we were still one hour behind.
2: (sighs) I was under the impression that we like voted to like stop this, but I guess it didn't go through.
1: Well, uh, apparently there's a vote that's happening in the house. Well, a bill that's passing and going through the house right now where they'll just stop doing it permanently. Um, it's got bipartisan support. We'll see what happens to it. But, uh, yeah, this is one of those like uh, old-timey dumb
3: rules that needs to go. Yeah, doesn't help nobody.
0: Yeah, so that's been the big issue today. So technically, we're recording like an hour earlier than we usually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, kind of, sorta, but still the same time technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna. Talk about the, the big Microsoft news of the week. We got some stuff that's being announced early, uh, later this week. Uh, a couple of interesting announcements happening and some weird dev stuff that is going on. So, yeah. We'll get to that stuff here in a little bit. We'll talk about what we've been playing
3: mm-hmm. and
0: I will start here. Uh, I've been playing some Crash Bandicoot 4 now that's out on the PS5. Mm. Uh in the and when I deleted the PS4 version, uh I realized that uh the the size that I thought the PS4 version was was just like twenty-three gigs, something like that. Uh but it was actually like forty some gigs, so cut it basically in half. Mm-hmm. To about twenty uh for the PS five version. The mm-hmm major annoyance is that Activision still insists on the the startup, the same startup of the logos and all that. It's very mm-hmm. slow and you can't skip it. Yeah. Uh, which most others are allowing you to just zip right through it or skip it entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Sony stuff. Uh, but Activision insists on that. Because mm-hmm. you gotta know that they made the game. Oh yeah. Uh, even though we've known that for years. But uh, the game itself, still a lot of fun. Mm
4: -hmm. Still
0: very challenging. Uh, Played some of the side stuff. There's like these, I forget what they call them, like the classic stages or the they flashback tapes. Uh, You can find in stages that are for these kind of older style, not really older style, but the, they're set before the first game where Crash is still like a test subject of uh of the bad guy and he is sort of watching them go through these like test stages mm-hmm. to test like his uh mental and physical acuity which is a lot of just bouncing on crates and figuring out the best way to go through the stage uh so mm. they can get all of them without missing anything mm. uh and the second one was uh, pretty tough because they throw in the, the nitro crates, which if you touch them at all, you die instantly. Yeah. Uh, they do throw a checkpoint in there about halfway, so not too bad, but just figuring out the the patterns and such that you need to go through can be a little tricky, but uh, still a fun yeah. game. Still enjoying it, so I'll probably keep pushing through that a bit here. Uh Much like uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, Yakuza Like a Dragon hit the PS5. I've been playing that. Uh, And unlike Crash Bandicoot 4, you have to start over if you're playing it on PS5. So you kind of have to uh, deal with that. Luckily, I wasn't too far into the game, so I wasn't giving up too much progress. But uh, yeah, I was uh, playing... I am in the parts where I'm I just uh, fended off the Korean mafia that was trying to uh, force this uh, bar into paying off their protection money. Uh, as uh, as you try and find work to get money, uh, that kind of stuff. So about four or five hours into it. So not really too much uh, to speak of there, but uh, still enjoying it a lot. Uh. I picked up on Steam a game called Loop Hero, mm-hmm. which uh, has been talked about a lot. Uh, and it's a it's a very weird game. So it's kind of a roguelike, uh, but not like any other I've seen. Uh, so the, the story is that the world gets destroyed, mm-hmm. but you, your main character, is kind of the only one that seems to have survived. Uh but you can't really remember too much about what happened. Uh, And as you kind of start remembering stuff, uh, things kind of come into existence, you know, types of enemies, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, People show up uh, after a couple of runs that, uh, you know, also kind of have some selective amnesia, Mm -hmm. but can remember certain things. Uh, It's all weird. the, The way the story is presented so I'm still kind of working through that part of it but the game itself is kind of a i don't know how to describe it. it's it's kind of more of an idle game but it's not mm. uh not really in the clicker style or anything because you're kind of every time you start you have like a home uh square and then it draws like a random pattern uh of a loop kind of uh and as you beats, I think slimes are usually the first enemies you find. As you beat them, they drop either equipment that you can equip or uh, cards that can let you spawn further tiles. Uh, some that will spawn enemies, others that uh, can give you bonuses to like attack speed or other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and others that you kind of put off into the, the distant parts of the map uh, because they will give you materials uh, and potentially if you set them up the right way they can give you bonuses as well Uh, so you're kind of running around you got a day-night loop to it that respawns enemies or uh, whatever the the tiles you have laid down will spawn Uh, there's a lot of uh, different kinds of enemies i've had so far like vampires spiders uh, these things called rat wolves, which are giant wolf sized uh, rats.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, skeletons, p- slimes. Uh, you can get, if you put, I think, uh, a three by three grid of mountain squares that will spawn harpies that can come mm-hmm. fly down onto your loop to fight uh, gargoyles that you can get, which I think spawn off of treasuries where you put uh, like trees or. Uh, rock squares uh, around it that gives you increased uh, materials that you get out of them. Uh, but gargoyles can also spawn from there. And you're kind of trying to lay down like enough enemies so that they can drop more cards or equipment so you can keep getting more powerful more more powerful to fight through the, the hordes of enemies that you're laying on the map. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And you're kind of, at least early on, you're kind of just trying to lay the groundwork for farming materials so that when you go back to the 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 base uh, you can build new uh parts of it uh you can upgrade stuff uh that kind of stuff so like I just got a uh, like a uh, a place for making weapons uh, which has things that tie into other parts of the map and all this kind of stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on. So it's a little bit hard to describe without watching in action, but it's a pretty neat game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm definitely going to put some more time into that uh, and see how it unfolds. But right now it's been pretty nice. as like a thing I can put on while I'm watching something or whatever. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty nice. And uh, the Mario sales were going on. Mm-hmm. Uh one they had on the e-shop wasn't all that good because it's just the they put like four games on sale uh nothing really too great and so i picked up uh from walmart they had more stuff on sale and for a little bit cheaper i got a code for super mario odyssey because i wanted to play that again and got that and still pretty good mm-hmm. uh i think i was hanging out in new donk city trying to figure out. How to get more moons, mm-hmm. and yeah, that uh, that gets pretty tedious. Just trying <laughs> to figure out like what all the the things to do for exercise. Like one was like, oh, uh, uh, Pauline has lost some item of hers, and it's like I don't know where the fuck it is. The first two items I picked up, mm-hmm. they're just off to the left or right of hers. Like, no, these aren't it. I found some random person off in another fucking section of the map. It's like, oh, she had a handbag she liked. I have no fucking clue where that thing is at. I've looked everywhere. Uh, All sorts of weird shit like that, but uh, the game itself is fun. Uh, It's nice to kind of like poke around with this a little bit. Uh, But that's been pretty much it for me. How about you, Brandon?
1: Yeah, uh so I'm still playing Splatoon 2 and uh I finished the Octo expansion. And uh holy crap, but that game gets dark towards the end. Like okay, so by this point anybody who's played Splatoon enough by now has recognized that this game's universe is basically like way after the apocalypse when, you know, the seas rose up and basically humans went extinct, and all of the sea life inherited the Earth. But, the thing is, up till this point, the game has only kind of talked about that in passing. Usually through, like, the the sunken scrolls, which are, like, you know, these little hidden things that you can find in various levels that kind of, like, branch out the lore a little bit in a kind of vague manner. But... The Octo Expansion, straight up, not only acknowledges it, it actually like meet, makes you meet up with someone who... How can I describe this? Okay, so basically the thing you need to know about the Octo Expansion is it primarily takes place around the areas where the Octarians live. Now, in the Splatoon world, there's basically... Two groups. There's the Inklings and the Octarians. The Inklings are the squid people. They're the ones that you basically play through both games. And then you have the Octarians, who are the others, and they are primarily descended from Octopi. Um, and uh, of course, if you play the game, you're, the primary enemies you'll come across are, of course, the Living Tentacle Dudes. And then you'll also come across Octolings, which are basically like inklings but just from octopuses. Well, in Octo Expansion, you essentially are playing the in this sort of grimy underground uh, subway line where you're going to these various places that are essentially combat tests and trying to get through them. And through this, you're trying to collect what are called what are called the four things. And the reason they're called the Four Things is because there's this antique telephone that you meet up with at the subway station who says that if you want to get out of the subway and get back to where you want to go, quote-unquote, the promised land, you have to collect these four things for them. And uh, things start to get really strange when you start to notice. Um, there's this... So, like... Every, so, you you guys are either you played Splatoon or you're aware of, Spl- of how Splatoon works, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah it's like,
1: course. you know, you you got ink and you're spraying the ink and you're trying to get as more ink on the turf than your other person, right? All right. Most of the enemies in the Octopath expansion that you encounter are like this weird kind of green color, and they shoot this uh, sort of blue kind of gelatinous ink at you as sort of like their ink thing that they use. Um, And then eventually you'll start coming across, like, pods of these things that are, like, hidden in, like, a... Well, like, pods. Like, they're in pods, and, like, they're all lined up on walls and stuff. And then finally, you get to collect the four things, and you start to realize, huh, the four things I'm collecting, they kind of look like the pieces of a blender. Yeah, that blue gelatinous goo that you've been dealing with up to this point... Yeah, that is the liquefied corpses of all the people that have tried to get out of the subway system before you. Yikes. Yeah, and those weird green-skinned people that you've been going with, yeah, they're actually dead. It's just that, that weird gelatinous goo covers them, and it basically turns them into zombies. Yeah. Uh, basically what happens is you find out that weird telephone you've been talking to uh, is actually an artificial intelligence called Commander Tartar. And he has basically gone completely insane. Um, he was originally created by the Professor, which for those for those who know about Splatoon lore, the Professor is the guy who was originally the owner of... A, what's the name of that weird cat that's like always the referee for the Turf War matches? Yeah, that guy. And then it just gets much weirder and darker from there. I, I'm not going to spoil it because you should absolutely play it. But yeah, it's one of those things where it like the games, like sort of dark undertones basically turns into pure fridge horror. Yeah. And uh, other than that, uh, I've also been playing, still playing ratchet and clank, although I haven't gotten much further in it. Uh, but that's basically it. So uh, Dan, Rimm, what about you?
2: Yeah, pretty active week on my part. Um, I finished persona five strikers, at least the main campaign um and then the post game has some pretty meaty stuff in it um there's a boss rush you have to like fight all the bosses again and things like that of course none of this is actually required but you know if you want the platinum which i usually try to go for uh then by all means um Mm -hmm. i don't know if i actually want to do it because like i don't really want to backtrack in any of the dungeons uh not that they're badly designed or whatever it's just that you know, I you know yeah. have, have haven't gone through like these dungeons before. Like, I, I don't I don't like doing them again. So if like if if anybody has played Kingdom Hearts, like the dungeon design is just a little bit better yeah. than that. But you know, none of them are horribly interesting that you don't want to go through them again. So that's mm. why I don't want to do it. Um, but yeah, Persona Five Strikers is great. Um, as I've been saying for the past few weeks, like this is a pseudo sequel to Persona Five, just with an action based battle system. So if you've been if you've been um. Uh, wanting to get back into that world and um, by all means, like the, the exploration might even be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Like um, <clears throat> for those people that, that that travel pretty frequently, they actually have a Persona 5 tour when you're in Japan. So you can take like pictures at various uh, backgrounds that were made popular in Persona 5 and Persona 5 Strikers is really just, just a road trip. And they're going through all sorts of like um, awesome places in Japan. You go, you go to Shibuya, Okina- uh, Okinawa, Sendai, and not only that, but the Phantom Thieves are also engaging in all of their um, cuisine and stuff. So, you know, as someone who hasn't traveled in in over a year, like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's really it's really giving me that itch to eventually go to Japan. So,
3: yeah, you know, um, take me with you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I also got started with Bravely Default too. Mm-hmm. and um yeah it's uh, another rpg but i've been a little RPG'd out as of late cuz you know i just finished atelier mm.
4: uh,
2: um, atelier 2 persona 5 strikers um east 9 um, i think i should take a take a little bit of a break but uh, from what i've played out of brave default 2 so far uh, it's really solid i just got through the first boss and um the game's main loop actually uh Encourages you to um, use your Bravely function, which allows you to attack uh, more times than you really should. And as a result, you can also borrow some time in order to uh, get more damage. But if you don't kill your enemies with that one shot, you're also waiting four turns to uh, go again. So um, I got punished by doing that against the boss because the boss kept healing itself. And, you know, if you're waiting four turns and then the boss heals itself four times... That's full health again, so you've wasted a whole bunch of maneuvers there, so mm. um, there's that. But yeah, it's uh, definitely solid so far. It's it, it's simple while also um, uh, also being respectful for your time, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. But yeah, only about three hours in. Um, in the meantime, I've also um, started playing The Last Campfire. Um, it's an indie game made by the folks at Hello Games who made uh, No Man's Sky and this is far different. It's basically a puzzle game. There's a bit of Zelda in here, there's a bit of um a bit of Journey, a bit of Brothers Tale of Two Sons. So it's it's, mm-hmm. it's that kind of puzzle solving, but there's no combat, yeah. so you don't have to worry about like that level of stress. And it's about a 5-hour game. I'm getting towards the end here. I I plan on platinuming it after the uh, podcast is over. Um so this game came out last year. <laughs> it's available on Switch, uh PS4 and uh PC. So uh, Pick that up. I believe it's it, it's on sale on PS5 right now during the indie sales, so it's, it's a good one. And then, of course, there's Animal Crossing, but I have nothing to report there.
0: So that's about it. Yeah. I mean. Alright. Yeah, so let's get to the news here. Uh, the big one for the week is the sort of finalization of the of Microsoft's acquisition of Bethesda. Yep. A uh, big acquisition like that has to go through A lot of uh, bureaucracy uh, and regulators and all that. Yeah. uh, Especially in the EU. And that's been officially approved. And if you've been on social media at all, uh, Microsoft has been posting about this nonstop to the point Mm -hmm. I muted them because they were just posting constant memes about Bethesda stuff. And I was like, I get it. I don't need to see this anymore. Mm hmm. Uh, for a little bit at least, but yeah. So there's uh, a big post on the, the Xbox wire uh, news sites uh, about this and particularly talking about their exclusive stuff. Uh, and they've had like a little round table discussion with Phil Spencer and some of the other people uh, talking about it as well. Mm-hmm. Basically kind of saying the same thing. That's uh their future Bethesda games are going to be exclusive to Xbox and PC players, uh, outside of the stuff that is currently multi platform and the two games that are, uh, launch PS5 exclusives. Uh, was that Ghostwire and Deathloop? I think it is. So basically, uh,
1: that means that basically the, uh, the next Skyrim and, uh, Whatever that other game, other game is, are going to be exclusive. Starfield.
3: Yeah, are going to be
1: Garfield and
0: Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, should be. Huh. well, Which then isn't a huge surprise because you're not you're not spending seven and a half billion dollars to continue the status quo. I guess uh, oh. they're doing this for their own services and platforms, uh, particularly for Game Pass. Yeah. To give people more reason to subscribe to that, even though those two games in particular are not going to be around for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I shared
2: the same sentiment. Um, obviously, they were dodging a whole bunch of questions when the acquisition was first talked about. But you know, like Chris said, you're you're not going to spend seven and a half billion dollars and not have your stuff be exclusive. So I'd imagine games like you know, Death Loop are going to you know still be multi-platform. But once 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 we get through um. Once games like Starfield and Elder Scrolls are actually done, I expect them to remain on Xbox unless, you know, Game Pass finds its way over to PS5 and Switch. Which, if I were Microsoft, that would be the end goal. That would probably that would mean that would mean there no effort has to be, has to be made anymore. But yeah, so I would fully expect uh, Bethesda's uh, pipeline after Deathloop to entirely be Xbox exclusive. Does that really okay. matter to me? Oh, I wouldn't say so. I'm, I'm, I'm not the biggest Bethesda gamer out there, aside from um, Dishonored. But you know, this is this this is a huge get for them. Um, But yeah, uh, hopefully, games like Ghostwire Tokyo can like change my mind because like Bethesda is an an awesome company. It's great, and it's a great get for Microsoft.
0: Um, Yeah, yeah. And the only stuff I would expect really. Uh, jump off of Xbox and PC would be maybe VR stuff because uh, PlayStation VR is kind of the uh, the biggest uh, of those platforms. And if you're making VR, there's no reason to skip them, which is why uh-huh. you know Doom Three VR Edition got announced last week. Uh, Microsoft uh, with their work on Minecraft VR uh, eventually put that on PlayStation Four and Five. The versions of Minecraft there, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, but uh, outside of like Minecraft stuff, Microsoft Mm -hmm. hasn't put anything of theirs on PlayStation. Uh, Nintendo Switch has been a little bit different, but even then, that's just been like Ori and uh, that kind of indie stuff that I assume Moon Studios has a bit more control of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we're not seeing, you know, Halo or. Rare Replay or any of that stuff coming over to Switch. And from what I remember seeing when every E3 was like, oh, this is when they're going to announce Game Pass for Switch. Uh, This is when this is going to happen. It's like, that never happened. Seems like Nintendo basically said no thanks. Because they want uh, all the games that are bought bought and played on their platforms to get them a little bit of money. Versus uh, paying Microsoft a good chunk of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of that and sort of followed up that by announcing that uh, 20 Bethesda games are coming to Game Pass or they're already up by now, but mm-hmm. it's kind of a weird list because they have mm-hmm. like all the Doom stuff uh, those remas- uh yeah, like remastered versions of the original Doom, Doom 2, Doom 64 and Doom 3 Doom Eternal yeah. but not Doom 2016. There's Dishonored uh, 1 and 2, but not the that like third uh like spin-off thing. Uh, uh, the smaller campaign thing, I forgot that the the stranger whatever it is. Uh, that's yeah. That's not on there like Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 4, Fallout 76 uh, are on there. i uh-huh. I'm not sure Fallout 3 is on there. Mhm. Uh-huh. Uh, it might already be on there, but uh, some of the stuff has been on the platform on Game Pass uh, at various times. I know Dishonored Two was on there as of last month, so maybe it got pulled to put it back on, make it seem mm. bigger. I don't know. So it's literally one of the Game Pass yeah. quests was go here and you know kill like X amount of people or whatever.
2: Yeah, a whole bunch of these games have been on, on Game Pass before, but. Either way yeah. you look at it, the games that were announced, like a good portion of them are still fairly new. And um, a lot of people didn't give them a chance. So hopefully yeah. now they see better success. I mean, you know, a, a game like Doom Eternal or even um, uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, that's, you know, pr- pretty cool to have on here.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to look at what else is in here Prey, Rage 2, uh, Morrowind, and Oblivion, and the Skyrim Special Edition. Mm-hmm. I like them to have the original Skyrim the 360 edition. Oh. Uh, that might be BC if you already own it, but uh, you know, I would like them to delve deeper into their backlog, but maybe that'll come in another wave. as uh, oh. Elder Scrolls Online, Evil Within, but not Evil Within 2. Wolfenstein New Blood. Yeah, no, Wolfenstein New Order and the Old Blood and Young Blood, but not Wolfenstein 2. That might already be on there, but i don't think so. I was looking at Game Pass list the other day, yeah. so I don't know. It's it's a little bit of a weird list. Like I was looking at PlayStation Now, they have a bunch of this stuff as well, yeah. as like permanent editions. Uh, and for the stuff from the PS3 generation, they have like Wet. Uh, what else? There's Rogue Warrior, which is not a good game, but yeah. it's one of those games that people like. Is like a it's so bad it's good. Um, mm-hmm. there's like shit tons of cursing in it oh uh, yeah it has a a good ending theme uh, like rap kind of theme to it it's weird but uh, it has like uh, what is it? Hunted, The Demon's Forge there's like a handful of other games mm-hmm. and it's weird that these aren't on Game Pass but maybe they'll do a second wave yeah. of sorts but also there's a bunch of Microsoft stuff not on Game Pass yet. They haven't mm-hmm. really added either like the early Xbox 1 stuff uh yeah. that's not on there. Uh for whatever reason, but yeah. If you've got uh Game Pass on console or PC, and I guess cloud too if you do that. Mm-hmm. Uh you can check this stuff out. I might want to check out Morrowind even though I'd rather play it on PC. Yeah. Uh, my experience of that on X, the original Xbox, was playing it, going into one of the taverns, and like clicking on an item, and everybody in the in the building just running and beating the shit out of me, Because <laughs> I technically stole it, even though I was just picking it up. It was yeah. on a Mug it's like, well, good job, guys. You beat me up for a mug. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that game's interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is the. The Bethesda news. For now, I guess yeah. there's rumors of some events that they might announce stuff. I don't know. Mm. There's always awesome. rumors. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about one of the more surprising bits of news. Uh, the Roblox Roblox Corporation mm-hmm. went public uh, on the stock market and did much better than people expected. Yeah, uh, they uh, of the stock trading at $70. I think it's just a little bit under like 69, 70, something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but gives it a valuation of about $45 billion. Yeah. It's bigger than most video game companies.
1: Yep.
0: Damn. For those that don't know, like Roblox, it's kind of like if dreams was made for kids Mm -hmm. and all of the games, looked and played like shit. <laughs> and you could charge for them. Yeah. Uh in some form or another. There's Robux is its uh in-game currency, which is a pretty good name for it. Mm-hmm. Uh it's, it's a game that's really popular with kids and people make clones of popular games mm-hmm. uh, for it that you know don't look or play as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah it's it's a neat game, but from what I hear of people that have kids that play it, they're like, the parents are always like, this is the thing kids are obsessed with. Mm-hmm. I assume it's a lot more about playing with their friends and all that. Yeah. And just goofing around and all that. Mm-hmm. But...
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, games like Minecraft and like Terraria really uh, set Roblox up for a whole lot of success. Um I follow gaming stock quite a bit, and definitely have been looking forward to Roblox going public. But I did not imagine that it would be this big. Um, granted, you know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's a short term thing, but it, it it definitely blew my mind to see them like come out at seventy dollars at day one because I was yeah. hoping to invest. Okay. I was like, that's a little too high for me, never mind.
0: Yep. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, they compiled a list of uh, current companies market caps compared to this uh, forty five billion. For Roblox, uh, EA is at thirty-seven right now. Take Two is at nineteen. Mm. Ubisoft is at eight, so it's like six Ubisofts, mm-hmm. but it's one studio essentially. Yeah,
2: like I, I, I was like hoping for around
0: thirty bucks, <laughs> and uh, that, that yeah. didn't happen. Uh, the one they have here that is uh, doing better than that is Activision Blizzard, which is because they got the the Call of Duty and the Wild Money.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: that makes them pretty reliable. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is uh, that is your uh, what the fuck are the kids doing moment yeah. for, the, for the month? Pretty much. Which is making this uh, company and game that you maybe not have ever heard of uh, one of the biggest in the industry. Uh-huh. That people already knew was one of the biggest in the industry, but uh, especially for a game that I don't think is on PC. I like think it's mobile and Xbox. Oh. It might be a PC client, I'm not sure. But it's not exactly uh, on all the, the consoles like Fortnite is. Uh, so that's kind of the the whole weird thing.
4: Oh.
0: Okay, it is on the Microsoft Store. No, that's for the Xbox. Okay, never mind. Yeah, Amazon oh. App Store, Google Play, App, uh, the Apple App Store, and Xbox One. That's kind of a weird, weird path mm. to go, but hey, good for them. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about something cool that happens. Uh, Astro's Playroom has a fantastic soundtrack.
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: in this article, uh, Kenneth C.M. Young, the composer, did the soundtrack for uh, Astro's Playroom and Astrobot Rescue Mission. Uh, so it goes through the process of coming up with uh, the GPU Jungle song. The place throughout that level
3: mm-hmm. uh,
0: So there's like a bunch of work in progress versions Of the the song Yeah checkouts, uh, But also that the soundtrack itself is out Now on Pretty much all the major streaming platforms There's a link at the bottom of it That sends you one of those pages That'll let you go to any of the Major storefronts uh, And services to Stream it And uh, download it Whatever you yep. want to do with it
2: yeah, that goddamn GPU jungle mm. song
0: is so good. It'll give you brain damage.
2: I remember when, when the PS5 first came out, like I would wake up and just go, GPU?
0: Mm. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, a thing you should probably uh, do here. Mm. Uh, let's talk about some events. I guess you can call them events happening this week. Yeah. Uh, Techland is going to give fans an update on what is going on with Dying Light 2. On March seventeenth, uh, also coincidentally St. Patrick's Day, so mm-hmm. get drunk in either because of or in preparation for this, <laughs> whatever is going to happen here. Yeah, uh, and they definitely have a lot of a lot riding on this. It's basically disappeared, as well as one of their major writers has had many allegations come out against them, Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably also talk about how they announced this thing uh, way too early. it's 2021 here and still no sign of it. Mm-hmm. And it got announced at E3 2019. Yep. So that'll be a thing people will be talking about here later this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, also happening this week is Square Enix is doing what they call it. Square Enix Presents. Spring 2021. Uh, where they're going to mm-hmm. show off updates on various uh things as well as uh straight up saying that they're gonna do a world premiere of a new Life of Strange game. Yep. And if it's gonna be Life of Strange 3 or maybe follow up to 2. Mm. Uh, or maybe
1: a follow up to the first one.
0: I don't know. They they kind of touch on it a bit in Life of Strange 2. I get the impression that unless it's just you know, Max has gotten out, mm. uh, no matter what your choice was, like it's grown up or whatever. I don't know.
3: Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm convinced it'll be a part
2: three with new characters because they, they did yeah. say there's a new character with new powers. But yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind. The, the, the one thing that I am looking for as far as A New Life is Strange goes is I do hope that they have a release schedule and stick to it. Granted, easier said than done with the pandemic, but they did it with Tell Me Why. Mm. Yeah, on Xbox. So
0: hopefully we can do it. Yeah, and this will you know, be a different studio working on it because it's. And, and, uh, I forget what their name is. the The original team, but they have moved on. Square Enix is kind of taken control. Uh, sort of like they had. Uh, what was it the, the prequel to the first season that yeah, before the storm? Yeah, that, that, that was done by Deck Nine,
2: and for all, for all intents yeah. and purposes, it, it, was, it was actually pretty good. It's just that they, and that, it, that particular game lacked mm-hmm. uh, character yeah. with, with powers. So it was more of a narrative-driven uh, experience. But yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. Life is Strange 2 was
0: fantastic. It just We just never knew in the mm-hmm. when the yeah. uh, chapters came out. Yeah, and they also mentioned there are going to be updates on Outriders, which is out in a few weeks. Marvel's Avengers, yeah. uh, which their big updates for the new consoles is out later this week. Actually, the yeah. same day, the 18th. Uh, some sort of Tomb Raider 25th anniversary, I assume, a new game. Otherwise, why do you keep talking about this anniversary if you don't have a thing to put out? Mm-hmm. A new screen Enix Montreal game of sorts. Uh, Just Cause Mobile, which is a, a weird thing that is happening. It has like multiplayer and all that. Mm-hmm. Which is not really what I want out of that, or the platform I want it on. Uh, as well as an update on Balan Wonderworld, which is also out in a couple weeks here. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, got some neat stuff to show. That'll be happening at, let's see, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Mm -hmm. So about middle of the day for most people. Yeah. I don't know. I have no expectations for this.
2: (laughs) I remember when I first got the press release, I was like, March 18, that's so far away.
0: Uh, it's next Wednesday. Oh yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, it seems like more of their Western focused stuff, except for Bell and Wonderworld. Mm-hmm. Which after playing the demo I was like, yeah. Who cares about that game? It's it's, it's just it's very not good. Weird. <laughs> just the oh. way that it looks when you're walking around the world is just weird where it's it's not even like Yeah, they, they really went like,
2: for that it's
0: it's, sickening. it's like if Animal yeah, Crossing really was built into layers that pulled up instead of it just steadily, like, instead of being like, the planet's like 25 feet long, like yeah. wide, the way that it's curved, but it's yeah. it's I very like, weird. Yeah. Building could be cool, I don't know, but just the way that was presented, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, there there's a shot. I mean, Square Enix is throwing a lot of marketing at this, but it's it's not shaping up well as far yeah, as the gameplay.
0: Platformer doesn't control like a platform. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's a bad platform. <laughs> Naka is way better than this. So hopefully, you know, the final game isn't indic- indicative of, of the demo experience. But yeah, I'm yeah. not holding my breath here.
0: So yeah, that's uh, that's that. Who knows what that's going to be? Uh, let's see. Okay, we got a date here for Monster Hunter Stories 2, July 9th. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be on Switch and PC. I think particularly Steam. Because they oh. had, like a digital event that I heard nobody talk about. Because mm-hmm. uh, I guess it was just more about the the second demo they put out for Rise. Mm-hmm. It has like, a couple extra things in it. And just more about events in the game. Then they also did a little bit about Monster Hunter Stories, too. Uh, That'll be out here in a few months. Mm -hmm. I'd be curious to see how that goes. Seems like they got Amiibos coming out. Mm -hmm. So if you want uh, some of that, there's a uh, Wing Ratha. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty neat. So, yeah. I heard good things about the original. I just never got around to playing it mm. as far as it being kind of like, kind of like what if you mixed monster hunter and Pokemon? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've never thought of that combination. Mm. So that could be neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about one of the, the bigger surprise announcements uh, coming out of .mu and tribute games. Mm-hmm. it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge for PC yeah. and consoles. No specific consoles mentioned, just consoles in wow. general.
3: Yeah,
1: basically it's uh it's uh, kind
0: of influenced by the original like Turtles in Time uh yeah. Kind of game. Yeah, it's, it's, throwing enemies into the screen?
1: Yeah, it's very much uh, inspired by that and
0: uh, but if really, the visuals it, were more like a Game Boy Advance game yeah, a sort of Nintendo game.
1: Yeah, a bit sharper. Um, and definitely, like, uh, it, it takes a lot of its ideas, both from Turtles in Time, as well as really just that whole genre of, like, side-scrolling beat-em-ups that were really popular yeah. in ar- not arcades in the 90s. Yeah, like, um,
2: plus, it's the, it's, it's the uh, Mu teams, and they did a wonderful job with mm-hmm. uh, Juice of Rage, so... Definitely looking forward to this one. When I got the press release, I literally responded, "OMG!" And then I got a response saying, "You are not the only person that, yeah. that told me this." Uh, like, okay, cool,
1: man. Yeah, and I'm looking at the the screenshots for this now, and it's like, yeah, <laughs>
2: this.
0: Yeah, honestly, this this screenshot mm-hmm. don't don't don't
2: even do it justice.
0: Yeah, and they it's... talk about you know they can do more with uh, the gameplay now that they're not hamstrung by like a Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it'll be neat to see what uh this game turns out to be. But yeah, so it's being published by Dotemu, being made by uh, Tribute Games, who's made stuff like I uh, was it Mercenary Kings. They worked on Uh Wizorb, which is a really cool kind of game. Uh, Curses and Chaos, Ninjaseki Senki DX, Flint Hook. Mm -hmm. recent stuff they're publishing panzer paladin which is like a a mech uh action platformer kind of game yeah and this team was also made up of people that worked on the uh scott Pilgrim game Mm -hmm. so definitely a pretty good pedigree in uh platformers and action games and uh, sprite work as well yep all right hopefully that'll be uh Really good, but no date or anything. So,
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll uh, see how it goes. It definitely looks good.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, excited for that. For the first time we've had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game to be excited about in... Ever. <laughs> 15 years, maybe.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Because uh, the Turtles in Time remake on the Xbox 360... Was uh,
1: shit...
0: Yeah, it looked off, and then we found out, like, oh, yeah, they had no rights to the, the original code, so they just kind of had to make it as best they could. It's like, yeah, that was just setting them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the,
2: I remember hoping that the uh, the one made by Platinum Games would surprise me. Yeah, it surprised yeah. me how, how how shitty it was. But. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, hey, it's and it was interesting. I was reading about it. That's, the game kind of came together because .mu got the... The rights from Nickelodeon to make the game, Uh while at the same time, Tribute Games was trying to court Nickelodeon to make a game. And they both found out about this and decided to partner up at uh, GDC last year. I was like, all right, you both want to make this game? Perfect combo. Uh, Let's talk about something else that's going on. Uh, The new Legend of Heroes game, Kuro no Kiseki. Yep. Uh, They're putting out details. as uh, I assume it's coming out sometime soon in Japan yeah, in like three or four years here in the West. Uh, But (laughs) the battle system seems to be one of the most interesting parts of it uh, because it is kind of active time battle, Mm -hmm. the way they're describing it, but it's also you're able to switch between more action-oriented and turn-based oriented systems.
1: Well, they're starting basically a new uh basically they're starting up a new trail series here. And all the trails the, the different trails have basically either uh they've kind they've all kind of changed up their battle systems with each little mini arc. And uh yeah. now that uh Cold Steel is done, um they're getting ready to try something new, I guess. Um
0: Yeah. Yeah, the way to describe it here yeah, um this one in the Republic of like, Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, this one's in the in the
2: co- yeah. in, in the uh, P- P- Republic and um yeah, like if, if, if even if you look at the screenshots in the video it's like oh wow look they're finally <laughs> like, PS4 yeah, technology. Yeah. So it's funny how Falcom's always been super late to the party as far as like um how 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 they uh, build it mm-hmm. and making use of the console's power but um yeah, I'm I, I'm a little on the fence with the uh with the battle system change i i really need, need need to see more of it, but then again, I was also on the fence with the fs yeah. remake and yeah. then uh, i'm remake.
1: just yeah so I'm absolutely fascinated like what the uh so like okay, so like after this is basically taking place after you know the war ends and you know the end of cold steel, so calvert you know they they got a bunch of uh reparations from the empire, so you know they're in sort of the middle of another economic boom. Um, it's going to be interesting to see like how, you know, like what the sort of, the plot is going to hinge around this time one of the
2: yeah, uh, to be honest I um, I haven't had a real desire to really look that far into the plot because uh, the states uh, or America hasn't gotten um, Hajimara yeah. no, uh, no Kisuke yet and that was not announced yeah. during the New Game Plus Expo last week which was kind of pointing to me because I was hoping for at least some sort of uh, trails, nothing from, from Falcom yeah. or East, and none of that happened. So uh, mm-hmm. we're kind of at a standstill as far as where we're at with that, but hopefully after the after a Cold Steel 4 comes on Switch and PC we'll see something, yeah. but I'm not holding my uh,
1: I have a feeling it's probably going to have to do something with those uh, that group of like anti-immigration terrorists that they keep bringing up in the other games. Um. Because there's been like some yeah. rear social strife that's been happening in the in the Republic for, you know, uh, that they, you know, they don't directly talk about it, but they mention it basically in the last few games. And now that you're actually in the Republic, they're probably going to, that's probably going to take center stage.
2: And as long as we've been talking about the Republic, there's also a huge threat in North Ambria that hasn't been justified
0: yeah. in either game. So,
1: yeah. So uh, I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the way they describe this system is pretty neat. But yeah, they have... Because the, the action system kind of seems a little bit like maybe Tails-ish, a little bit. Because uh, they mentioned, like, you'll see uh, enemies on the field. You can just sort of run up to them to start a fight. Uh, during an action battle, you can shift to a command battle by deploying combat or mint Yeah. Uh, withdrawing the Zifa will return you to uh, the outside of battle state, I guess. Yeah, when you shift back to an action battle, mm. kind of bounce back and forth. It seems uh, mm. you can perform various actions on the field, including combo attacks, strong attacks at targeted enemies. If you're in a party, you can fairly switch between characters mid-battle. Since the enemy's side will also launch various attacks.
1: Yeah, this is really sounding like the uh, system they used in Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. Um yeah, it's almost exactly like it.
0: And they go to the, the Which I'm completely fine system. with because the Final Fantasy
1: Go ahead. Yeah, because uh, the Final Fantasy a remake battle system's fantastic. So
0: yeah. And the command battle system sounds just like the the normal one. You have standard tech, craft, arts, items, all that you can deal with them by exploiting elements. All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that'll be out 2021 in Japan for unannounced platforms.
1: Yeah, we can kind of imagine which ones.
0: Yeah. Uh, So let's get to some more news. Uh, Sony is adding Denuvo anti-cheat software to their tools in middleware for devs to use. People will be able to have uh, some sort of basic anti-cheat software for multiplayer games. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially probably those that are multi-platform, cross-platform play, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That tends to be one of the main issues is people being able to cheat. I don't know necessarily too much about uh, what else this might offer, but seems like at least a decent thing.
1: Yeah, although Denuvo kind of doesn't have the best reputation when it comes to the gaming world. Yeah. That's uh, kind of in
0: a PC environment where you have more than just, you know, games and saves downloaded. Mm -hmm. A lot of personal information there. And you probably don't want to be accessed Mm -hmm. in any way. Whereas the console is a bit more locked down. You're not really having uh, much in the way of sensitive files that you don't want stuff to be rooting around in. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see how this goes. But uh, let's get to some developer news. Star Citizen, a game that somehow has more money than most other games, and still is so far away from getting finished. Uh, the they have one of their main hubs of uh, studios in Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. which got hit uh, pretty bad recently with the the big snowstorm. Yeah. Uh, that shut down most of the states and apparently uh, the, uh, the studio CIG mm-hmm. has not really dealt well with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially kind of making it uh, known to the devs, like you have to make up for this lost time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they are saying. let's see here. Uh, Specifically, this week slash weekend as a first option like working extra uh, hours to make up for the week or weekend that were lost for some people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe even getting people into the studio uh, itself to work on that or else uh, using up PTO time
4: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: for that. Uh, Just not a great way to make people pay for something that's completely out of their uh, control with a natural disaster like that. Yeah. Uh, And they have a lot of uh, anonymous statements from employees talking about, let's see, CIG or no, this is from CIG itself. Uh, Yeah. People, let's see talking about the safety is the utmost importance and should continue to be prioritized over everything like lack of communication uh, having one that kind of went out during it, which most of them didn't see, mm-hmm. uh, and getting one following it. Uh, let's see where the emails are at here. Police who hadn't lost power cell service sources they pushed back, noting that the prolonged power outages could cost them an entire week of PTO, possibly more if they also had to deal with burst pipes and other damage to their home.
4: Mm-hmm. Police did not
0: have any PTO to spare, but CIG upper made a- Management held firm on that. In response to further expressions of concern, we were told to work directly with our managers for help. Yet managers are facing the same crisis as the rest of us, and some lacked any method of communication for days. Oh. Uh, yeah, let's see. Here's a quote from uh, somebody saying, "I don't expect CIG to get back, get our power back on, make the city water back, city give water back. I don't feel like I'm unreasonable, but as I feel." I feel as though situations with natural disasters should be treated with the same as this. We were all still commuting to an office, losing power and internet was not a snow day type break. It brought stress of how to survive, keep babies and pets alive and was by no means an enjoyable break for anyone who couldn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, being pressured to work sources said only added to the stress. I still felt obligated to check in on teams every couple hours I just felt like I had to do it, even though most people weren't talking those days. Everyone was just focusing on surviving. Yeah. There's a lot more to this article. Is that kind of attitude of, like, you need to care about work when something much more important is going on?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I can't think of a more disconnected way to Mm -hmm. go about it than the way these guys are. I mean, well. We've been talking about, like, you know, toxicity and stuff at the workplace yeah. for, like, three years now, and this comes yeah. out? Like, people in Texas are yeah. literally fighting for their lives, and, you know, things are barely getting better, and all of a sudden you want to talk about what they've missed mm. yeah. out
0: on? Give me a fucking game. Such a game that's not coming out like, anytime soon. Yeah, if if, if I, It's I'm not like, like this is weeks away from getting finished. It, there's no date anytime soon for when this is done. This
2: shows that they don't care. Like I would be, you know, turning yeah. my two weeks um, not buying them is ridiculous. God, it, and this game has been. It,
1: I mean, God, when was the when did when was the Kickstarter for this game? When did it start? Wasn't it like 2015?
0: It was maybe like 2014. Yeah, some long time ago.
1: Yeah, and it's now seven years later. And still, not really much to
0: show for it. I think there are some playable parts of it, it's just not finished. Yeah, any sort of like player, uh, promotable way, I guess I would say. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not something that is very forward looking for people that are into playing early access stuff, Mm -hmm. which depends on sort of. How much you're willing to deal with that kind of stuff, especially because I think some parts of the game require an SSD, uh, mm-hmm. and more current tech. So, if you're not keeping up on that stuff, you might fall behind. And yeah, you know, somebody in the comments posted a picture of one of their last uh funding updates, I mentioned yeah, I had, almost had 350 million dollars brought in by uh fans. Mhm. Which is like, oh, you're worrying about this PPT, uh, PTO time. Mhm. Stuff like, like give people a break mm. when this kind of shit happens, especially if it was something like they could control. Sure. Mhm. But it's not uh, anything going on. Yeah, they just, they just got over three hundred fifty million. Yeah. Uh, even since that comment was posted. So.
3: Mm. Yeah. Just. Uh, there's
1: some uh, there's some serious issues with the way that company is being run, and somebody needs to do something about it. That's just all I'm going to say.
0: Yeah, if it ever even comes out. And then, uh... Yeah,
1: at this point, I'm wondering if this game is actually ever going to actually, like, be released as a finished product.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I actually had no idea that this was a Kickstarter, but you know, that's that's mm-hmm. still no yeah. excuse for it, the way they're being treated. It's not
0: even really a Kickstarter cuz it's on their own site. Okay, mm-hmm. it started in 2012. October 2012. Okay. It's like literally last generation. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: almost a decade now.
0: Yeah. And like you can pay to get into it. I don't know how much that, that costs. Let's see what this site has here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it, it happened before they even announced mm-hmm. FF7 remake. Like if if, if Square yeah.
2: beats you, that's a
0: problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you have to like buy your way into it. Yeah, like forty-five bucks, okay, for like a starter pack. Mm-hmm. It's not too bad, but it gets you like three months insurance on your ship. Mm. Uh, a ship, a hanger, a thousand of the in-game currency like yeah and to pay for with actual money for insurance on your vehicle.
3: Yeah. People
1: uh kill it. Yeah, Forbes actually did like a piece on this game back in 2019, like a, a, an investigative piece to find you know, you know what the hell's to hold up and they said, you know, there's like it, there is no fraud because I mean, the game there really is a game being developed, but apparently there's a lot of like micromanagement and excessive waste. And the scope of the game keeps changing, and that ends up just causing all these schedule slips. Just yeah, because
0: yeah. there's like a Squadron Forty Two, which is like a single player game.
1: Yeah, the single player campaign.
0: Yeah, which... it has a bunch of big name actors tied to it. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's not like I'm wanting this game to fail. I want it to succeed. I want to play that 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 squadron game because it looks. Because yeah, the, the idea sounds great and I want to experience
0: it, but yeah, but yeah, then you got uh other games that are kind of doing the same basic thing and are actually out there, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what the one I'm thinking of is, yeah, I don't know what it's called, but it's one of the big space games, I forget what it's called, but it's, yeah, it's uh, you can play that stuff, so yeah. Uh, Let's move on to the next thing here, kind of tying into one of the big topics just going on uh, in the world right now, which is uh, cryptocurrency and NFTs. Uh, We'll get into what that is here in a bit, but uh, game developer Jason Rohr, who has made uh, some notable games here, The the Passage, The Castle Doctrine, and One Hour, One Life. Mm -hmm. Uh, For The Castle Doctrine, he solicited... For people to submit uh, arts that would be uh, in the game as like paintings you could hang in uh, houses you made in there, Mm -hmm. Uh, he has decided that he is selling that stuff as uh, NFTs. Yeah, Uh, and uh, a number of the artists that worked on some of that stuff are not happy about him like reselling their work. uh, Yeah, or. for external profits outside of that game.
4: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, So NFTs, non-fungible tokens, yeah, kind of a crypto graphic token that contains this art uh, Mm -hmm. can be used for images, videos, uh, other stuff. Uh, But here it's just simple art made for a game that came out like in 2014.
3: It was 2012, 2012, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah uh the castle doctrine is a weird game where it's kind of based on well the the principle of the castle doctrine. Yeah. Where it's like you're able to uh defend yourself uh in case of an intruder uh, mm-hmm. invading your home uh as long as yeah. you like technically have like fear and whatever else uh is required legally to that versus just like luring somebody into your home and killing them where mm-hmm. uh, that's an actual crime.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, and so he made this weird game based on that kind of concept where you're setting up these elaborate uh, mazes and traps and such mm-hmm. in the house and sort of challenging people online to invade your home and get to your uh, safe or whatever you have in your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so one of the things is you could have paintings that you know you bought in the in game uh economy or stole from mm. other people's houses, that kind of stuff. And he solicited for people to make art for that kind of stuff, yeah, a bunch of it. So, uh, but it's decided like he's gonna sell some of this stuff, uh, as an NFT, mm. uh, which has been getting a lot of news of like, because uh, there's like somebody that sold uh a JPEG as an NFT and got like sixty-nine million dollars yep. out of it. And like looking at it, it makes no sense what even the image is. Mm-hmm. It's like a bunch of random images cobbled together. Yeah. And yeah, like uh a number of uh these uh artists not exactly happy about this. Mm-hmm. Uh let's see, they got uh let's see who else who's mentioned here. Uh, Ashley Birch did one of them. Uh, had not really known what NFTs were and doing after doing some research, was very much not uh, pleased to learn that her art was being sold in that form, saying, I yeah. definitely did not consent to him selling the art as an NFT. I mean, it was years ago, and the understanding was that it would be a piece of art in the game. That's it. Definitely did not foresee this particular development. Uh, let's see... Game creator and scholar Andy Nealon took issue with his art being included with the NFT auction, saying, I am not a fan, to put it mildly, but I'm deeply opposed to the current trend towards artificial scarcity of digital objects for numerous reasons. The fact that this selfish techno-anarchist move is also causing unprecedented environmental damage. A time when we need the opposite just solidifies my stance. I couldn't care less whether Jason claims ownership over my infinitely uh, replicable digital art. But you can see that for me being at all involved with the enormous scam and betrayal of humanity that the blockchain represents that's simply a step too far. Mm. There's also Cannonbolt and Overland developer Adam Saltman has kind of a great quote here. Uh, described the NFT auction as a quote a lose-lose proposition for me in the short term. Either Jason mm. does more gross public shit using my art or else I have to like talk to Jason and spend mm-hmm. some of my life doing that which also sucks. Mm-hmm. uh yeah so that's uh then also they talked to let's see nyu game center director frank lance who is a friend of jason roars mm-hmm. uh, said it's a complicated uh he described roar as a complicated and problematic person who nonetheless remains his friend which means mm-hmm. i have to take some responsibility for his mistakes which i do then he kind of describes it all in a weird like a kind of proclaiming his ignorance over the whole thing uh-huh. saying this whole thing would have been better if it were actually integrated into the castle doctrine as a game as it exists. It feels more like a standard NFT thing, which is not that interesting uh-huh. as for NFTs in general. I don't have a strong opinion about them. I get that there's a raging storm of controversy around them and I understand why I'm just not that interested personally I have the feeling that this whole topic will settle down into something more ordinary and less urgent and important. I'm interested in the practical issues around designing alternatives To the inefficient proof of work mechanism underlying existing blockchain systems, to see what develops there. In the meantime, it just feels hot and temporary, like a meme. So yeah, uh, it's a whole weird situation that's going on. I'm not really, really sure. That's, I think uh, Jason has the right to sell people's art in a way that it wasn't made originally. Because uh, it was made for this game, mm. without their, you know, permission, probably shouldn't be selling that stuff in any other form. Yeah, not cool. On, uh like NFTs, which at the moment seems very much like uh, a thing that uh, people are doing to exploit the current explosiveness of the funds going into it. Mm-hmm. That seems to be kind of. Funded by tech bros, hoping that the the value that is perceived about this stuff yeah grows up. they can sell it off for you know several times more money than what they invested into it mm-hmm. and then there's the whole thing where the the energy required to run all of this stuff seems like it's a lot more than It should be for what we need at this point, where we're trying to stop climate change from happening. Mm -hmm. We're doing as much damage as it could be, and all this crypto stuff is kind of fucked in every way.
1: Yep, I mean, there's really no other way to put it. It's people trying to, it's a bunch of tech bros trying to make fast money, basically, and yeah, not really caring, you know, what damage it does to actually obtain it. I mean, we've yeah. already seen this shit with like cryptocurrencies and stuff, and yeah. now we got this shit, and yeah, it's 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 ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's it feels like it's tech bros exploiting something for their own gain,
4: mm-hmm.
0: which when you see like Elon Musk buying up like some like nine hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. so that they could Take Bitcoin as payment for Teslas, as such, like it grew in value so quickly that essentially that nine hundred million was worth one point five billion. Uh-huh. That just the act of acquiring it for this purpose made it more valuable because that's how the stock market works. Uh-huh. Where it's like an exploitation in that kind of sense. Uh-huh. we just rich people that have or well-off people have money and time to invest in this, this is like a new form of a stock market, essentially. Mm-hmm. Which is all about people with money uh, doing whatever they can to turn that into even more money, mm-hmm. multiplying that by whatever amounts they can. Yeah. Seems like the yeah. people who are just using it are the ones that don't care about the effects of it. Yeah, whether or, they own its own the content they're selling at all. Yeah, which people are starting to see accounts on Twitter showing up. They like turn your tweets into stuff that could be sold. Yeah, to which people have to like preemptively block the accounts that are doing this. Because mm-hmm. there, there used to be accounts on Twitter, that if you would react to an image, you like, oh, I wish this was a t-shirt. It would essentially find that, turn that into a shirt, and sell it. Yeah. Whether the image was something that could be, uh, had the rights to sell or not. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. To which people used to, on images that were basically calling bullshit on that, like, I don't have the rights to this shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Essentially, like, images like that, that were fun and kind of Help counter that I think to the point that it's not really a thing anymore because mm-hmm. they're just getting done so much and wasting their time on that stuff mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's uh that's that little shitty thing that's going on mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about something weird as our final story uh, gamestop has their next idea for how to potentially save it and it's by hiring one of the the top rich guys at Wall Street bets the Reddit that helped make the whole GameStop stock thing uh, a big thing that threatens all the rich people enough that they got it shut down. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're putting him in charge of, let's see, strategic planning and capital allocation committee that he'll be leading. Uh, Ryan Cohen, which is, uh, he used to, he was a founder of chewy.com, which sells pet food and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. him and two other members of the board of directors from that company are joining him on this mm. uh, being put in charge of coming up with ideas that quote can further accelerate the company's transformation into an online gaming storefront Who the hell knows what that means.
3: Yeah.
1: I smell desperation. Does anybody else smell desperation? Cause this smells like desperation.
0: I mean, it is. I mean,
2: I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that I thought GameStop wasn't important because um, obviously, yeah, the entire most most of e-commerce, most of commerce has moved to, you know, online purchases. We're seeing digital purchases and things of that sort. But, you know, a lot needs to be said about, you know, actually being able to walk into GameStop, granted, pre-pandemic. And ask about games you don't know about and things like that, and this pretty much defaults all of that, yeah. and it's pretty heartbreaking. But as far as this direction, you know, um, I'm not sure. But you know, I've said that uh, about many
0: things that ended up. Yeah, working, hopefully. so Who knows? Yeah, seems like a lot of the response to this was, you know, Reddit people, uh, like making memes and all this shit about him saving it or whatever. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't think they saved GameStop. I think they gave it uh I think they, you know, gave it the electric shock it needed to go on for maybe a few more years at
2: most. Yeah. Like the the way I I I really envision a GameStop like in this era assuming that, you know, brick and mortar stores can still thrive is like, you know, the way the way that Best Buy has yeah. uh Geek Squad, you know, turn the yeah. game section into GameStop and let it run that way, but I don't know what kind yeah. of deals you have to strike in order to make that happen, but... We'll have to see.
1: Because um, um, don't get me wrong, I actually am a big advocate for the small corner store GameStop uh, outlets. the war- The smaller, more intimate ones, because they're a lot more personable, and... You know, the, the the people who work there tend to actually want to talk to you. Um, the big ones where they started like, where they were like almost like store size themselves. They were, those were a mistake. And I view those as sort of like the beginning of the end.
0: Obviously the ones that are in malls are kind of the ones most doomed. Yeah. Who goes to malls anymore.
3: Yeah,
0: it seems like yeah. a lot of them are being designed where you're accessing those storefronts from the outside, more yeah. than from the inside. Yeah, uh, where it just happens to be a giant, like a uh, parking lot mm-hmm. structure instead of you know a place where you're supposed to go inside and peruse you know dozens of businesses. Hmm. It's more of oh, it's it's a giant sidewalk that just happens to connect all these buildings together. Yeah. Uh, it's slightly less efficient, but uh, better for the businesses because they're able to have a storefront, so that you know yeah. that they exist. Versus just yeah. going to the mall and wandering around for hours.
2: I mean, living in California, you'd be, uh, even with how progressive we are, you'd, you'd you'd be surprised to see how many people still go to malls. But you know, that being said, the one that I that I go to is mm-hmm. part of the mall, but also has its own entrance. And yeah, it's it's a little bigger in size, you know, especially with all the collectibles and stuff. But it's also definitely one of the more organized ones with one of the best staffs I worked with. Like, I've um like ever since ever since the the whole like uh amiibo phase, like I I, I I've gotten close to a fair amount of people at different Game Stops. And yeah, like they, d- despite what they're paid, they 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 all really like their job and they sincerely Whoa. like helping people. But uh,
0: yeah, so yeah. who knows what the hell this means, if anything. Yeah. might be able to just extend their existence a while longer.
2: I mean, two years ago, GameStop was talking about turning themselves into a lounge. You can't do that with the the virus now. So it's interesting to see these different kinds of pivots. But, you know, I wouldn't really call it desperation. It's more of, you know, we really have to find
0: a way to stay stay relevant. And this is somebody who is successfully running a company enough to sell it. Uh, and lead a bunch of weirdos on Reddit to upend the stock market for a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe what they'll get to a point that? where GameStops <laughs> are drive throughs Yeah. What sort? So you roll up and you're like, ah, can I get this game? Like, sure.
2: Be a lot mm-hmm. easier than
0: the way they're currently set up. Yeah. Be like doing the opposite of what I think Subway Used to be drive through centric and now they get rid of all their drive throughs.
4: Yeah. Yep!
0: Which is yeah. weird when I drive by some of those buildings and I still Semi- see a window. Mm-hmm. It's just boarded
2: up or whatever. Semi off topic. I-, I don't know about you guys, but when I used to get games at my local Toys R Us, um, the entire aisle would be like showing the games on display. But in order to actually buy a game, you have to uh, pick up a sleeve from the. Um, from the display and then bring it to bring it over to a corner where they had all the games caged and that was how mm. we were able to pick our games up did you guys yeah buy, buy games that way or no they had that yeah
0: like that was pretty
2: cool kind of yeah, took it that. to the
0: guy who was in front of the one of the shelves of games or whatever they had mm-hmm. you went to go find it yeah yeah
2: yeah, it's, it's 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 a lot better than you know, like the the way you, you do it at target nowadays, where you have to uh, find the um, find the cashier and make yeah. it open the door, things like that.
0: All right? Yeah, uh, the memories. Yeah, or it's like Best Buy and their plastic cases. Mm-hmm. We have to pull out the weird key that unlocks it, so I get the thing yeah. out. Or the the spider that ruins the uh, collector's yeah. editions because they have to like wind yeah. it so hard. Fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is uh. That is this week's news. Not really a ton here, but a couple of uh, interesting things. Mm-hmm. Seems like it'll be a fairly quiet month, but hopefully that Square Enix thing will have some interesting news so that we can talk about it. Uh, and yeah. Seems like April will be a bigger month for releases here uh, than uh, March has been, but there's still some good stuff coming out here. Oh. Yeah, I mean, uh, we already talked about *Blonde Wonderworld*,
2: but you know, we also have *It Takes Two and *Monster Hunter Rise*. And yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to both those games. So. Um, and of course, oh, yeah. in uh, April, May,
1: April and May, of course, month we've also got some uh, big releases coming, uh, including uh, the *Mass Effect* Legendary Edition. So, yeah,
2: I didn't even put that on my list. Yeah. <laughs> That's coming. So.
0: And next month is a big one for Sony because they got MLB the show and Returnal. Mm-hmm. and this, mm-hmm.
2: Not to mention Near Replicant as
1: yeah, well as uh, shit, New Pokemon. Yeah, Near so Replicant. I forgot. That pretty big. I got to go ahead and get my pre order in on that
0: one. Yep. So we'll keep waiting on that stuff, but uh, we'll let you guys go. Thank you to Brandon and Dan for joining this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news. And we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.